Hey everyone, Justin here with Whitetail Theories Podcast. On the mic today, we are in South Dakota uh, with 605 Outdoors. I have Braden Davis on the horn. What's up, man? Not much, just hanging out. Nice. You guys, uh, what's that weather doing up there right now? Are you guys getting snow yet? Um, no, it did. It did snow, oh, I don't know, a month and a half ago in the higher elevations. And oh, then uh, today it was like 60s. And then uh, two days ago it was 28. Oh, man, that's rough, dude. It's <laughs> You know where I'm at, so you already know the deal. We're 80 to 100 yeah. year-round, so... Um, but I will actually be heading out your way, not too far. I don't know how far you are from Fargo, but I'll be up in Fargo uh, in a couple weeks uh, doing some hunting and running on a trap line. Um, so pretty excited to see what, what South Dakota is looking like. I know that's like right on the edge. But um, So, Brayden, <clears throat> first time on our podcast here, what we kind of do is we're going to kind of do a little introduction here. Introduce yourself. Tell us about how you got started on hunting. Um, and we'll kind of roll right into uh, a little bit about you and 605. All right. Well, I'm Braden Davis. We're from uh, Western South Dakota. I started hunting when I could, really. I started out, we started out doing a lot of dove hunting when I was younger. Um, and then as I got older, my grandpa was really into muzzleloader hunting. So I kind of got into that. And then when I got to. Seventh or eighth grade, a uh, few of my buddies were really into bow hunting, so I got into that pretty hard, and that's pretty much all I do anymore. Uh, this is the first year I've picked up a shotgun in four years, so. Oh wow! Now I know you guys are super active. Um, you know we've, you know, you've been a field staff for service side for I think you guys have been almost a year, probably right, six months or so. Yeah. Um, so, you know, six months to a year and you guys are super active, man. I always see you out there always chasing game. You guys are always respectful. I mean, I love your videos. Um, you know, everything always looks good and I know there's a team of you. Um, what are you guys kind of doing like right now? Or let's, I'll tell you what, what, what kind of hunting have you been doing the last couple of months and what are you guys kind of segueing into? (laughs) You know, I, middle of August is the start of antelope season, archery antelope. And it runs until last weekend, or maybe it was Saturday was the last day. So I spent the better half of August chasing goats around, couldn't connect with one of them. I think I shot at seven of them, didn't hit a single thing. (laughs) Well, at least you're getting uh, a shoot at them. Then we got into opening morning, September 1st, a deer hunt, and I shot that 172 buck at four yards. And then, uh, other than that, we've been trying to get Tracy his first bow deer, and uh, he's never shot a mule deer, so we've been chasing them all over the prairie, and he just, uh, his luck's not very good this year. (laughs) Well, you know what, man, I always tell people, you know, sometimes it it comes easy in people's first deer, you know, 180-inch deer, and then other times they're... You know, like me, my first one was a button buck, uh, very small, literally, you know, it just lost the spots the day before pretty much. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, man, if he sticks it out, just keeps grow- uh, going and growing, then he's definitely going to end up connecting for sure. And, I mean, you guys are still pretty young. So, you know, and, I mean, transitioning from muzzleloader to, to bow, and then you guys are out west. So, I mean, you're having to get right up on them, right? 
Yeah, and he he <laughs> says it's because so he they own a place kind of more east from us, and that's where he does all his rifle hunting and stuff. And he shot a hundred and sixty-one inch whitetail last year, and he's blaming it all on that. That's why he can't connect with the deer <laughs> this year. Well, I mean, bow and guns are a whole different ball game. I'm not taking one away from the other because I do I do both myself, man. If I could kill him with a rock, I would. Uh, I just. Uh, <laughs> You know, I enjoy hunting in general, where whatever I'm doing. But you know, being with bow hunting, you gotta get right up on them, man. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta be winds gotta be right, sense gotta be right, everything's gotta be right most of the time. I mean, sometimes you get lucky, but not with them big boys. Yeah, you know, and I I watched like a 190s class deer all summer, and then opening morning came around, and I got four yards on that 170 inch deer and i just i was shaking so bad i was worked up so i shot him because it was i was excited i wasn't gonna pass that opportunity yeah. you know nah for sure man i tell you what if you ain't shaking just go ahead and sell everything you know <laughs> like for real if you ain't shaking you ain't excited dude i do a flip i'm a big hugger when we kill something we're hugging it's it's awesome man lattes start cracking it's it's a party for sure Oh yeah, and my girlfriend got my girlfriend's the one that recorded that hunt, so it was pretty pretty cool. I mean, getting it on getting it on film too is is always a feat. How long have you guys been filming, or you? Um, so it all started. I went in twenty twenty, and next next week will be two years since I did it. But I went to twenty twenty, or I went to Nebraska in twenty twenty, and uh, I shot a hundred and ninety seven inch deer. And after that is when we kind of decided that we wanted to record and just kind of share with everybody what we enjoy doing. Is that how 605 Outdoors kind of kind of became? Yeah. Is uh, we just yeah. I don't know. Said when I got home, I didn't send anybody pictures of him. Didn't do nothing. I got home, went straight to Tracy's, showed him off a little bit, and then I think a week later we went out and bought cameras and stuff to start recording hunts nice man well i mean i love you guys showcasing your stuff i know i follow you on instagram and stuff and um you know you you tell the story and that's the type of in my personal opinion this isn't you know service sites take on it um but um is justin i I personally like seeing the stories and the journeys and, and all that other stuff because like you know especially when tracy takes his buck with a with a bow you know being able to remember this podcast and then being able to see it on the socials and you know that's always the kind of hunting content i personally always like that and anything with camaraderie or teamwork like you guys are doing or um because as you know it you know it takes a team to do that stuff you can self-film and, and put it together and, and all that other stuff but it's a lot of work and you know if you if you can have a couple of you doing it and kind of working on the brand and things like that it, it definitely helps a lot yeah, and self-filming mule deer hunts or anything in the wide open prairie is is a challenge in all itself. I tried to, um, in 2021, I tried, or I did self-film a mule deer hunt, but I got everything but the shot on camera. Oh, man, dude. Uh, I talk to Johnny Wagner all the time in Wyoming, and, uh, dude, he tells me the same thing. He's like, man, he's like, I, it's one of those things where he's like, you're stalking, and usually the moment happens out of nowhere, 
And it's yeah. just like, he's like, you know, he'll get some things, takes and stuff like that, but he's always telling me, he's like, it's just so hard out west to just be by yourself and, and be able to film everything. <laughs> I mean, dude, nobody, I'll be honest with you, maybe there are people, you know, don't don't shoot me here, but I, I can't watch like a whole video just being that third angle, like GoPro or tactic hand. Like I want to see no. B-roll. I, I don't care about music. Music sets the mood and stuff, but you know, all that aside, yeah. I got to see the B-roll. I got to see what, you know, the, I want to know what's happening. I want to know, you know, hey, how how long have you seen that 197 inch or, you know, have you seen him before? Is it the first time? Um, yeah. And that's uh, like, so Saturday, yes, yesterday, I, was, I went down to where we were hunting and uh, I was going to go around and I looked up or I was going to set up a blind and stuff. So I went out and went for a walk and picked up some sheds and I actually ended up shooting a coyote at like 20 yards with my bow and I got it all on camera by myself somehow. <laughs> are you yeah, compound buddy. bow hunting or are you recurve? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do shoot longbow. That's, that's actually how I got into archery as I started shooting longbows in, uh, we have a place called Black Hills Archery here and he does like, um, a whole bunch of stuff with the youth and stuff and gets them into bow hunting and stuff. Um, that's actually where I started was with a longbow there, but I've never shot a buck with a longbow. So I think next year that's, that's on the list. Well, I mean, as active as you guys are, and I know you all have full-time jobs too, you know, as active as you guys are and, you know, just trying to showcase your journey. I mean, it's, it's going to happen, man. You just got to stick with it. Most people just, they give up when they get into the hunting industry or they make their own podcast or they do whatever, make their own YouTube channel. It's so much work all the time. And as soon as you let your foot off the gas, the car stops, it doesn't keep going. And, and that's, I think the thing with, with that constant, you know, it's a grind, man, for sure. Especially if you want to continue to, to grow it, if you're looking to grow it, um, but so, Brandon, what kind of hunting? Like, what all do you guys hunt out there? Oh, uh, we got antelope. Then things are just something else in themselves. I think everybody underestimates them and thinks they're a lot bigger than they are. But they're uh, my dog's about the same size as an antelope. Oh, man, like a goat. <laughs> yeah, li well, that's literally the, they're the size of the goat on stilts. I guess they got a little longer legs. Oh man. And then we got mule deer, and then we got mountain whitetail. There's mule deer up there once in a while. And then we got big river bottom whitetails. That, that's what Tracy's obsessed with chasing. Which, your, which I know you said you mentioned dove hunting. Do you guys pheasant and all that other stuff, grouse and stuff too? Or? Um, Tracy pheasant hunts, I don't. I can't seem to uh, shoot one of them without it not being able to eat. I I'm too impatient and shoot them as soon as they get off the ground and blow them to pieces. Oh. <laughs> but we, we duck hunt, goose hunt, dove hunt, grouse hunt. Um, we got partridge. Um, we got roughed grouse in the hills. We have pretty much just about anything you'd want to hunt, I guess. There's elk. Um, there's a once-in-a-lifetime bighorn, once-in-a-lifetime mountain goat. And then... Uh, Mountain lions hunt mountain lions pretty hard after January first. And hey, what about wolf? Do you guys have any wolves out there? Um, yeah, we do actually. I just I forgot I, I forget about them. They uh, they just opened it to where you can shoot them either last year or the year before. And uh, a buddy of mine up 
that lives north of us got one last year. Man, see, that, that's one of those things, man. I'm so torn with hunting that because I'm just, it's like, you know, it's it's like a, how African hunting is. I don't know if you know a lot about that, but a lot of that stuff with, like, lions and things like that, don't get me wrong, man, there's probably some negatives into it, so I hope nobody tries to, like, come at me too hard with this. But, you know, I, I know a lot of them, it's, they're taking away something that, they're taking away that game animal that is, you know, you know, attacking a village or maybe it was the, you know, the older one. It's, it's the mature one that they have to take out. You know, there's some conservation at work. Now I know all that aside, um, you know, that's kind of how I feel with like the wolf. It's like, man, I'd love to go after one and do one of those hunts. And cause they're so freaking smart and they work as a team and a pack. And I'm like, man, if you can get one, but then I'm also torn with like, do I need to do something like that? I'd probably feel better knowing like, Hey, it, you know, it's attacking livestock or can you help this farmer out? Yeah. And, and that's, that's, uh, kind of how people are up here. Like we no nobody really wants them because our, our elk population finally is getting to where they're releasing more tags and stuff and getting it to where everybody wants it. And now all of a sudden all the wolves are coming back. So that's kind of where it's at, you know, yeah, little little both sides, man. But at the end of the day, you know, conservation. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. you know conservation. I talk to people that it's something as small as raccoon and possums. I'll talk to people all the time that I get them in traps or whatever, and they'll let them go. And I'm like, man, you shouldn't, you shouldn't let them go. I'm not telling you to just kill something for fun, but um, you know, I know when we really went hard on. I mean, you've seen it, man. Trail camera photos, and it looks like a party. There's like twelve raccoons all yeah. eating, and I'm sitting here like this is ridiculous. And we uh, ended up pretty much cutting the population just depremented it man the raccoons and possums and i tell you what our turkey population is i mean we have you know two huge flocks and they do really well and the poults look good every year and you know they're they seem safer and they're still coyotes and panthers and bobcats and all that other stuff but it's it's a good balance right now i think when we got those nest predators out of there it just had too many nobody nobody really hunts them down here so see it and I have a I have permission on a guy that my grandpa grew up with to hunt on. And uh, the coons down there are just horrible. And I keep and working full time, it's hard to manage traps and still work full time and you right. know get get off work in time to go check them or get up early enough to go check them. But he's been bugging me for the last two years to come down and trap coons, and I'm just. I need to really bad. I think um, two years ago, before I headed to Nebraska, I think I shot seven of them within 15 minutes out of the cornfield. Oh wow, man! I've I've seen them, man. They they pack up down here. I always see them running in twos uh, most of the time. But I they're tell you, horrible. They're, they're bad, horrible man. on everything. <laughs> but you guys definitely have a wide range of, of game out there. Now, what would you say is probably your favorite right now? Um, I'm pretty, uh, pretty obsessed with chasing mule deer around. Yeah. I mean, you guys got some big ones. I know, uh, what you, you said you have, you have or haven't gotten one this year. I did. I, I shot one opening morning. I'm sure I've seen it. Um, but, uh, was that, was that that four, that wasn't that four by four, right? Uh, it was a, he's a four by five mule deer. Oh, I'm pulling it up now. I want to get a visual of it. Full velvet. Oh yeah, dude, that that was sick, man. 
and then uh, my grandpa shot that 238-inch deer out of Nebraska. I seen that one too. I'm looking at yours though. Um, you were up on a it looks like a rock ledge and got him. How long was that that stalk there? Um, <laughs> funny story. So we went out. It was me and my girlfriend. We we went out at probably we got down there five five thirty ish. Sun didn't come up till six twenty. I had been looking because they hang out. There's there's a cornfield, a pivot, and then the creek, and one lone hill. The the hill that I got them off of that they hang out on. So I was like, all right, they're they're gonna be up there. We just gotta wait for the sun to come up. They'll come out of the corn. They'll be up there. We sat there until probably seven o'clock. Never seen a deer move. So I'm like, all right, well, let's drive to the backside of it. We're driving to the backside. We seen two little forky bucks and a spike. And I'm like, all right, well, let's turn around and go see on the other side. As I turned the pickup around and I uh, maybe made it a hundred feet, and there the three big bucks come walking down the down the uh, smaller hill right in front of the pickup at 40 yards. And um, he went up, and I watched him kind of mosey around up on the rocks. I drove around the other side so the wind would be good. And uh, as soon as they dropped down off the rock ledge, I knew that they were going to bed under it because that was the only shade. Um, Drove up a little bit, and it was probably a five-minute walk up there. Man, I'm, I'm looking at the photos here, and it is wide open, it looks like. Oh, yeah. Man, is it, I mean, do you find it difficult? Because, I mean, you know, your type of hunting and my type of hunting are two different things. I've never been out west hunting. Um, obviously, you know, I've seen it and watched videos and all that other jazz, especially working in the in- industry. But that's one thing I've, I've noticed is it's a whole different ball game. It's, it's you don't hunt the same way. Um, you know, there's, there's, dude, I can't, I don't even use binoculars. I don't even use binoculars because I can't see more than 30 <laughs> yards where I hunt. So... Yeah, yeah, binos and spotting scopes are like your best friend here. That's what I hear, and, man. Uh, and a lot of guys, you know, you, you look at those pictures, and you're like, dang, that's that's flat, that's really flat. But what you don't see through the grass is there'll be a like eight nine foot deep little creek bottom that'll run through there that you you don't see at all. Right, man. I mean, well, everyone I do a podcast with, you know, everyone knows that with the podcast, our guests, everyone are straight killers here. We, If, if they're on a podcast, um, I'm not saying that you have to have dead animals on your Facebook or Instagram every single day and all that stuff to be, you know, a, a killer in my book. But you're consistently filling tags, you know, you're consistently uh, getting it done and, um, you know, you and your team. And uh, one thing I've noticed is, man, is it's just like, like you have to be on your freaking game like all the time out there. Like you guys are really oh, yeah. getting it done though. <laughs> What's the deal with this this big buck? Your uh, you said that your grandpa got this, huh? Yeah, and they're they're old school, Golly, so it was man, him. Things freak nasty. It was him and his brother. They were actually going to chop wood and. Uh, and of course, they're old guys. They don't bring their cell phones, or they don't, you know. Right. So everybody was bashing me on the pictures that I got of that deer. Um, they went down there to chop wood and scout for elk because my great grandpa has an elk tag. And uh, I guess one, um, he had been down there a week total, I think. And they decided they were going to go chop some wood that afternoon. 
and they threw the bows in and they were they said that they drove so we got a creek bottom on one side of our place and the other side's big deep canyons and they took the creek side bar or the the creek side to drive up around the hills because they had some trees down up there already they were just gonna chop up for wood and uh he's like they just were discussing and they said that they're just gonna drive up and around this canyon to see if they could see a deer because they hadn't seen one all week and all they had seen was his butt sticking out from behind a slash pile wind was good they snuck down there got within 30 yards and they stuck him they didn't even know what it was honestly they were like it could have been a doe we wouldn't have cared um, they stuck him he ran up and over the hill and then uh, that's when they didn't know how, how big he was until they walked up on him and then I got a phone call <laughs> dude I would have had tears in my eyes on a deer like that that's oh, ridiculous yeah. like, dude looks like tree branches my grandpa said that they were down there. They, he's like, we, his exact words is, you would have thought a bunch of schoolgirls were down in the canyon. Oh my going. gosh, man. It, it's so awesome, too. And and that's his, I mean, how old is he? Do you know? Uh, 50. So he, I mean, that's, and that's his biggest, biggest mule deer? Oh, yeah. And he's a hunter, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, that's, that's amazing, dude. That's, I was looking at the photos and I was like, I couldn't even imagine, like, just like especially like not expecting it you know you're working and you and you see it and you yeah, capitalize on opportunity that's uh you know we got to wait for the drying period on him and stuff and then we're, we're bringing him down to an official score because i'm pretty sure he's gonna be the new state record dude let us know man let us know we need to get grandpa on here too and <laughs> tell us tell us how he felt <laughs> yeah he's uh he was tickled about it let me tell you how many Probably, times has he all... already told you this story <laughs> i don't even know <laughs> oh, that, that's a story i'd never get tired of man I, I don't think looking back i wish i would have spent more time i mean i had a great great hunting experience and stuff with my grandpa don't don't take it wrong but uh Gosh, looking back, dude, I I could be like Grandpa. I'll just keep repeating it. I just want to keep hearing it because those are those are some good moments, man. Yeah, and yeah, he is just yeah he uh. So I shot the hundred ninety seven inch deer, and he was all you know whatever about it because he had never shot a deer that big and da 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 and then he came home with that and then that's all i heard it was nothing but bragging for the last <laughs> month and a half he won up to you man <laughs> <laughs> oh man hey that's good grandpa's got the fight in him <laughs> oh yeah no, that's that's awesome man my grandpa would have did that too yeah it's two things you you don't stop hearing about is if you miss and then if you uh whoever's got the biggest one so far yep and I hear about the misses quite a bit as well. Oh, dude, I uh, I just was talking to somebody. I made a post today about traditions we have in hunting, and one guy had said that they used to go to, I guess, a hunt camp and stuff and or go with their grandpa, and every time you missed, you got your shirt tail cut, and <laughs> you get to the point where it was like a crop top. If you And, you know, back then, he's, he's older, so he's like, back then, man, he's like, you know, you only had like one or two hunting shirts. <laughs> it's not like now where you can order one and it'll be there in three days. 
Um, you know, back then you went to Walmart once in a while and get something to, unless it ripped, but he's like, yeah, the undershirt that you'd wear. He's like, I, he's like, I was, I was almost crop top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I seen another guy post. I don't remember where it was, but, uh, they, if you missed all your buddies got to shoot your hat at the distance that you missed at. Oh my gosh, man. That would be, <laughs> that's funny. We, uh, I'm glad I'm not doing that. I wouldn't have no clothes on or anything. I, uh, <laughs> I've just gotten a dove hunting and I tell you what, man, I don't know. I think I need to get a new choke or something. I'm, I killed a few that were, that were far away flying and all the ones that are like two feet from me, I can't freaking kill. I might have a better chance of grabbing <laughs> them with a net at this point. Um, I don't know yep. what's going on. I, I don't know if I'm too close or what, but I just started delf hunting. I've never shot at flying anything before. So, um. yeah, we just, uh, uh, um, the week after I shot my buck, me and my grandpa went dove hunting and, uh, he loves dove hunting. Like, I think he's got six different shotguns that he brings out to shoot. <laughs> he's, that, that's his thing. And yeah, we were getting done kind of we, we hadn't shot a limit yet and there was the group of three coming in and i shot three times and got all of them and he he about fell over laughing so hard telling me i could never do that again oh yeah my grandpa's a shotgun connoisseur too he was he uh every time i used to go but yeah man my my grandpa he was definitely a shotgun connoisseur too so he was uh he would uh he would definitely got along with yours because he was always trying to show me his shotguns and things like that yeah he uh just, I think four years ago, I went to Cabela's, and my grandpa had been looking for. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. It's uh, some cool. It's pretty cool. The barrel takes all the inertia of the shot and stuff, and that's that's the mechanism of it. And I found one. He wanted a Remington, and I found one at Cabela's, and I called him and told him it was. <laughs> and it's. I want to shoot it, but I'm scared it's gonna like fall into a million pieces. <laughs> everyone's saying it looks good i got a buddy he knows a lot about guns and he was even like man it looks fine he's like i'd keep an eye on the wood stock but he's like you should be able to shoot it and i'm like i just would be feel awful if i a family heirloom that's been passed down so many times and then i end up getting it and then i end up ruining it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no i uh i wouldn't wouldn't want to it, it's sure. a let me see if i remember this correctly it is a um 18 so it'd be 1870 i think it's either 1870 or 1890 i can't remember but it's an it's called an eclipse it's a double barrel shotgun and it has the double trigger obviously but dude, it's it's crazy, and and the story on it was it was actually bought at like a like a not a flea market, but like almost like a I guess maybe it was like a community type yard sale thing back then, and um, that's where it was actually got from, almost like a flea market today, um, and that's how they got it, whatever price, and then it was obviously passed down, which it's crazy because one of the great grandpas they said didn't even hunt that much, and it was passed down to him, but then he ended up obviously passing it down too so it's good that it didn't get sold off or you know whatever yeah and that's that's another cool thing is they they probably picked that thing up for so cheap back then because even my grandpa i talked to him quite a bit he's got his favorite rifles is he's got a 220 swift that he's had to 16 that he bought in a pawn shop in his hometown um during his lunch at school for like i think he said it was like $12 
Golly. But I mean, back then, that was that was some money, man. I mean, I'm sure whatever they got it for at that time was was crazy. I know my grandpa bought me a 22 when I was probably, gosh, I might have been 10 or 11 or so. And he bought me a 22. He got it from a flea market, and he spent a hundred dollars. And I never, I'll never forget. He was always like, "Man, that that guy charged me too much." I'm sitting there like, "Man, if you could get a hundred dollar gun now." And I still to this day, I went squirrel hunting today, and killed two, and Todd took it. Still iron sights, and it's great, man. I love it. I'm about to retire it before too long. It's just don't want nothing to happen to it, you know, so I can pass it down. Yeah, my uh. So I, I do trap when I get time, you know, I'll have like a week off or something. I'll go set some traps and, and, uh, my trapping gun is a 22 that my great great or great uncle had given to my mom. And then she gave it to me and I, I have not shot the barrel out of that thing now. Oh man, that, that's awesome. And them old school 22s, man, that or a shotgun is just, that's, I love passing that kind of stuff down because I can't wait till my boy shoots it, you know, because it's something that they can manage, and it's just like, I got a 20-gauge now that I use all the time, and I've been killing I'm, I It's probably what I'm going to end up passing to my kid, something that I had gotten, um, for, you know, when he gets to that age where he can shoot something. Yeah, I got a, my first shotgun was a single-barrel 20-gauge that I'll pass to my daughter when she gets old enough to go, yeah, that's, go out. I can't wait, man. I, my girl's always like, you got a long way to go. And I'm like, don't remind me. <laughs> I'm ready to pass the tradition along. It's pretty, pretty exciting. So, Brandon, um, as far as kind of like what you're gearing up for right now, um, what are you kind of focused on as far as like hunting right now? I know you said muleys. Are you pretty much going to be focused on that or or what? Um, I have I have one archery tag left, and then I have a um, white tail rifle tag. So the rifle season's pretty short. It's November 12th through the 27th. Um, but my girlfriend, we've been together almost three years now. She's never never done any hunting. The first hunt that she's really ever been on was when she filmed my hunt this year. So I finally got her talked into getting a, a rifle tag, so... My main focus for the rifle season is getting her her deer. And then uh, other than that, I've really been focusing on helping Layton, the kid, try to get that 4x4. Four four. Like today, we just went out and set a bunch more trail cameras up, trying to figure out which which you know path on the place that he's taken. And then uh, really been focusing on trying to get Tracy motivated after him not having very good luck, trying to get him motivated to keep going and trying to kill a deer. Yeah, man, just stay, just stay on them. That's that's awesome that you're kind of shifting focus to to helping everyone else out. Because I mean, that's one of the things I know. I'm getting to the point where I want to take Christy eventually soon, and I figure we'll start with like duck hunting or something. Um, but dude, I mean, you you get her out there and and have a good time, and you know, at the end of the day, it's you're kind of sharing. I mean, there's nothing better to share than that you know that moment in the outdoors with each other and enjoying, it, especially when you're successful. That's just a whole different high and. As far as Tracy, man, he just got to keep grinding, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been, uh, uh, he came and saved me whenever my pickup burnt down yesterday. And he, we planned on hunting the evening for him anyways, but I didn't get the blind or nothing set up right away for him. But it was it kind of sucked. Uh, we were headed out 
it was getting really dark and there was no, you, there wasn't enough light to see the peep or nothing, you know, on the bow. And we were headed up the road and I stopped to look at a bobcat that was in a bush. And I looked out into the field just on the other side of the trees where we had just been. And there was three bucks that would go like 150s, 160s just standing out there. And I was like, man. Yeah, that's that's how it happens, man. I, I chased a big deer in Pennsylvania a couple of years ago on a back, random backpack trip. And uh, at night, I seen them all the time. Well, I'd be heading back to camp and always shine a uh, flashlight on him or whatever and would see him, you know, but he couldn't see through the peep, obviously. And uh, he kept playing games, man. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely sucks. Yeah, they so. know. So, yeah, he, like, knew. Uh, he knew for sure. The big 4x4 four four that we've been chasing for late, and we have hundreds of truck camera pictures of him through August. Um and then he disappeared the first or the second week of September. He disappeared. We didn't get a chance to hunt the first week of September on my uncle's place where he's at. And then so Leighton sat for two weeks straight, morning and evening, morning and evening. And then uh, the day he quit sitting, that buck showed back up. And we got a week's worth of pictures of him. And then Leighton started sitting again, and he disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> you think he's he's winding him or something or? timing <laughs> you know we're not we're not sure he just he knows yeah how does he I mean, get up we, there like like do you guys drop him off or does he walk um, or he takes we well we were we were sitting in another stand and it ended up it was just wasn't working with how the wind was being and stuff and so we ended up setting a new stand up let it sit a little bit and then Three days after we said it, I think that's when he started sitting in it. And if it, he takes the same path in and out every day, Leighton, really good about the whole scent control stuff. And right. then, uh, yeah, it's been every night that he sits, the wind's good, everything's good. We know which way the deer comes from and then goes every morning and night. But just a smart just, deer. Just takes a different path. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's smart, man. They they know, man. I've, I've had bucks. I went to Ohio uh last year and the deer literally knew how to be exactly out of bow range i'm not i won't take like a 70 60 70 yard shot and every single freaking 15 minutes before dark he'd be at that range and i'm like are you serious i mean by the time yeah. you get out of your stand and stuff without getting busted it's gonna be pitch black yeah and that's kind of that's kind of the deal um Layton's starting to kind of come around there's another He's, um, I think we got three years of pictures of him, so he's probably five or six. Uh, he's a five by five with a big old flyer off his G2. And he's starting to come around that maybe if either him or the big four by four come in, that he's going to shoot either of them. Well, I hope he gets it. Is, did he, uh, is he going out this week or this weekend? Uh, yeah, he's, he sat yesterday morning and he said he's seen the five by five. He was like, 200 yards from him and then he sat this morning and seeing a group of little bucks and then he's gonna sit tomorrow evening as well 
Tell him to keep grinding. I mean, he's still young, so as long as he keeps grinding, man, that's what I always tell people. I'm like, the people, I, I got a buddy, he says, uh, Brian, he says this all the time. He's like, you know, the you know when you when you want to leave, wait 10 minutes. And then when you want to leave again, yeah. after the 10 minutes, wait 10 more minutes and until it's finally dark, and then you can get up and leave. And uh, <laughs> that's, how, that's how it happens, man. Some people get it easy, and then other people, they got to grind every day. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of, you know, uh, Leighton, we were sitting one night, and uh, I was like, man, it's just not, it was hot, like super hot, and I was like, man, it's just not going to work out tonight, he's like, all right, let's just wait 15 minutes, I was like, all right, we'll sit 15 more minutes, and if nothing happens, we're getting out of here, and sure enough, about 14 minutes later, here come a group of bucks coming, walking in. Oh, man, that's, I love when that happens. So... Brandon, as far as your videography, I'm just kind of curious here. Uh, we didn't talk much on it. What what kind of is like your goal with it, and wh where are you trying to where are you guys trying to go? Like, and it's it's gonna be. I tell you what, we'll start with that, and then I'm really curious how um, how it's doing, like how you're getting your growth, and you know, is it is it what you guys want, and, and all that stuff. But I guess the first question would be. Um, you know, kind of what, what's kind of your goal with, with you guys starting off the content? Is that something you're going to continue to do? Yeah. You know, when we first started, it was initially like, uh, we just want to share with everybody what we do, you know, and I feel the goal behind it is just to, you know, show people what we enjoy doing and just, cause you know, there's not a lot of guys that hunt the Midwest super hard that I've noticed on YouTube and stuff. And so we, we just kind of wanted to be a little different. And then um, we were like, if it takes off, then it takes off. We get to do it full time. Then we do. If we don't, we don't. It is what it is. Um, and over the last month, we've grown probably, I think, a little over 1,500 followers on every, like, between TikTok, YouTube and Instagram, I think we've gotten 1,500 followers in the last month. Man, and, and I mean, you guys work full-time jobs and stuff. Do you kind of divvy it up or, I mean, when do you guys focus on it or as far as like the editing um, and getting the content out or is it just like a mix, mixed bag? I, I run all of our social stuff and Tracy kind of... Uh, Tracy focuses more on like getting everything figured out with what we need to do financially to make something work out and all that stuff. Oh, okay. And I just do all the editing and all the posts and everything. Okay. I got you. And you guys said you just got, you're getting another member on the team here. Yeah. He, he's still in school. So it's uh, complicated. Right. No, I mean, but it's still, it's one of those things where, I mean, the, if I could go back, I would have loved to learn more videography and stuff at a younger age because you don't have as many bad habits and the way technology is, you're a little bit better. You know, I had to learn, you know, I didn't get my first cell phone until I was in my twenties. So, you know, we didn't have cell phones and all that other stuff. I had like an emergency flip phone. It was like the family <laughs> phone. Um, yeah, you know. that's kind of, I, so I was raised by my grandparents, so I kind of grew up that way um i didn't get a phone until right before high school we never had a tv in the house we never you know right so i'm not too good with the technology stuff as it is but what i do do is to me 
okay <laughs> no i i like y'all stuff um you know i i when i give compliments it's you know I, i'm not going to give you a compliment that that isn't deserved i um i've looked at y'all stuff and the thing about it is it's consistent um i know how hard it is i have a hard time always being consistent um just because so much other things going on but you guys are always consistent you know you're always um i love the quality you know, I don't, I don't know if you do a lot of editing and stuff, but the quality always looks good and, and kind of the way you present things. I like the way the presentation looks. So it's, it's not all just uh dead headshots. You know, you have a, a, a yeah. mixed bag of, of everything. Um, and, and then your clips, I always like those clips. They're always pretty good. Yes. Yeah. I like, so on the next couple of videos, I'm going to send uh Cody. I can't say his last name. Oh, Cody, why? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna send I can't him say to it him. <laughs> And I've known him <laughs> for years. He's He's been to my house twice and, and hunting with me, and I still I think it's Janchik. Janchik, I think is yeah. what it is. Yeah, so I'm going to send them to him and see how those look because really that's my biggest issue is is, the, is editing the YouTube videos. It's a lot, because man. I don't, a lot yeah and i i don't care how many times how many different ways and how many you know things i put in there take out whatever it's just never quite how i want it to be right i remember you saying that i remember you had made a post when you were kind of looking for an editor yeah and i think if i just have somebody else do it and then i he sends me a proof back and like kind of we can kind of work together and just be like oh this is a little bit just little changes here and there and then it'd be better for me with with everything. Yeah, Cody's a good guy, man. Like I said, he's been down here twice. Um, I've put him on some nice fish. I actually got him on a really nice hammerhead shark in a canoe in the middle of Tampa Bay. Um, we actually <laughs> probably shouldn't have been out there. It was actually dangerous. Um, we didn't even really realize what we had gotten ourselves into until but a storm moved in on us really quick while he was while we were being pulled across the bay in a sixteen foot canoe with a I, I would say that shark was probably, if I had to guess, I'd say he was probably around four or five foot long, and uh, he was he was pretty hefty. And and when we finally got oh, yeah. into the boat, I, uh, he was he was a big one. That's about like that's one of my favorite things is shark fishing. So I know I know where you're coming from. I know I had one fight one of the canoes. That's what Cody wanted. We came down here. He came down here turkey hunting, and I was like, "What else you want to do, man? We we'll do some bass fishing, you know, whatever." He's like, "I want to go shark fishing." I was like, "Oh, shark fishing's easy, man. Uh, shark fishing and cat fishing are easy here." So I was like, "Let's roll." We went out in the bay, canoed out there, beautiful weather, and then on the way back in, a big storm rolled in, and I mean, we had monster waves trying to crash, and we almost capsized. I don't know how we didn't capsize. Um, but we made it back to in, in the bay and it was such a crazy kind of scary experience. And then he was down, uh, I don't know what it was, but the gators were just like crazy population had kind of blown up the year he came and about two or three years ago, might even been long, gosh, it's probably been like four years now. Um, but he came down here once and dude, we went out there in the middle of the night, uh, getting to a spot and, uh, gators all over the place and he was in the front of the canoe i was like just keep paddling man don't stop just keep paddling he he knuckled up man he he did good i i put him in some situations that most people i've seen are like i don't feel comfortable doing this and he he manned up big time and after that he kind of earned my respects and i was like dude you're you're awesome and he's been down a few times and um even if we can't go hunting or fishing together we always get together and have a beer 
um, or dinner or something, but a uh, great guy. So uh, he'll definitely help you out. And I know he just had uh, some content put for Under Armour recently. Yep, yep, I've seen that. That's pretty cool. He's good, man, and he's you know he's young too. He started out doing that and evolved into Under Armour using his stuff now. So uh, you know, tell everyone that that wants to give up. For all you listeners out there, keep grinding. And if it, you know the number one thing I hear from people that are successful in the industry is always stick. You know, pick what you want to be, your brand, your image, what you want to portray, whatever, and then stick with it and just go hard. Don't you know yeah. you can evolve and switch things up, but always be true to what you want to do and you know stick with it and, and keep pushing. Yeah, you know, and that's we go through some times like. And this summer was rough. I just kind of, like, that's good. Like, Tracy and I, we, we raced dirt bikes together growing up. So, like, we've always really pushed each other to just, you know, just not give up and just do it anyways, whether you want to do it or not. And uh, this summer, man, we just didn't have nothing going on. I was working out of town. I was in Virginia and West Virginia. And nothing was happening with our socials and stuff. And it was just a down period that was pretty bad and I just didn't want to keep I just didn't want to keep going really and then I ended up starting work in North Carolina and I started shark fishing and doing all that stuff and then 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 everything started going again because I was was posting consistently and just and that's the biggest thing I found is like if you're like you said you have to be consistent on it or you're not going to get anywhere that don't matter if you get 16 likes on a poster you get 600 likes You, you still have to you know Yep, for sure, man. I, I've i seen it working in the industry, especially looking at socials. I, I see it every day, and you have to constantly be feeding the machine, like just all the time. And I personally can't keep up with it. Uh, we, we obviously try and we stay relevant, but our main issue, you know, our main goal isn't to, um, you know, get more followers or grow our following or grow our brand. Our main, our main focus is the team and, and putting value in our team. And, um, you know, every year we let a certain amount of people join and, you know, we just kind of continue to grow that way and stay an exclusive club. So, um, but when you want to get your name out there or at least just, you know, get, get it to the point where your stuff's getting seen and viewed, you gotta, you gotta feed the beast every day. Yeah. And even when I don't like have content, like, like if it's been if it's been a couple of weeks since I've been out or something or I've been busy and haven't been able to like I I keep little like snippets and stuff like like the the reels and stuff that I post that's stuff that I just keep in the background just in case there's a week where I can't get out and do something so that way I still have stuff to post. Well, it looks it looks good, man. Like I said, you guys are real consistent. I've I've watched you for over a year, almost a year now, and and I've seen it. You know, for for me to remember your name and and that's not you know, anything, a dig or anything, but, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people. I, I see a lot of Instagrams. I have a lot of people that message me and, or message us as a company. And, um, you know, for me to consistently see you and remember your name and, um, you know, I, you guys are always messaging us and, and sharing posts and you've definitely been very interactive field staff members and, and definitely almost like a, uh, you know, I like it when too, you're a, a good role model. We had talked about this earlier where I don't care if you're 18 years old or 16 or if you're 50 years old, you know, you have to maintain a certain image in the industry. And I'm not telling people to sell out or don't be yourself. I'm a, 
I am who I am. You know, I, I use double negatives. Yeah. I misspell words. I, you know, I'll have to, you know how many times I have to jump and fix a post because I've misspelled, you know, it, it happens. I'm a human. Oh, yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. Like, we're real hunters. We're real people. I, I don't need to be an actor or, a, um, you know, an influence or any of that stuff. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, you want to be a good, you want to be a good role model. You want people that are just getting into hunting I talk to people all the time, man. I, I know people that are 12 getting into hunting and people that are in their 30s, 40s getting into hunting. And, you know, I want people to be able to, me, be, able to be like, hey, you know, go check out 605 stuff. Um, you know, if someone's like, hey, what kind of content do y'all like? I mean, go check out that. You guys, you know, like I said, you're respectful to the animals. Your your shots always look good. Um, and then the consistency, obviously. Yeah, and I'm, I'm always open to help people. Like um, Johnny, actually, he... Uh, he messaged me the other day. He's like, "Hey, man, you know, I'm I'm coming in. I'm possibly coming in Nebraska. What do you know about this place?" And I was like, "Hey, just send me your points, or send me your pins on where you're thinking about going, this and that, and I can give you some info." And you know, and uh, I talked to him on the phone. I think 20 minutes about where he was going. And I explained to him, you know, that I haven't seen because he wants to shoot, he wants to shoot a, a decent deer. He said he's never shot a decent mule deer. So I was like, you know, this. That place is, uh, I haven't seen any, it produce any good deer the last couple of years. Um, but if you get down there and you need some help with anything or you want to go find something else, it's only a couple hours for me. I'm more than willing to drive down there and, you know, help you out and help you find a deer. No, that's awesome. And that, you know, and that's what Service Side's all about. I love that you're a part of the community and, and you're able to do that. Johnny's been a part of the community for as long as I have. And, uh, many many years he's one of our pro staff here and that that networking man I, I tell people all the time that that networking is king that's that you know you can obviously go do anything yourself but there's no self-made men in my opinion there's there's people that you know take help and and you don't have to take everything someone says but you know consider it you know mull it over uh and and you know take advantage of that because if I'm going to go to another state, man, if like if I'm going to South Dakota, for instance, I'm going to be hitting you up. I'm going to be hitting you up. I'm going to be hitting a couple other people I know up. Um, and I'm going to hit people up that I know are consistently successful or at least consistently out there. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of what I told him, too, is like I'm, I told him that I haven't seen any good deer come out of there in the last couple of years. I know there's good deer there. You're just I was like you're going to have to put in the time and go where other people won't. And, and sit behind glass for a while to find something that you truly want to shoot. Yeah. Now, I know he's a big, he's, he's freaking, this is the second year filling some crazy tags, man. He's He's been killing <laughs> a bunch of elk, and I know he's killed some smaller mule deer and antelope, and he's been, that boy's a killer for sure. <laughs> Yeah, he's an elk killing machine, that's for sure. Dude, he's out there. I think he's just he's just one of those people, man. He gets out there. He took a we did a podcast in September and he's like, All right, we gotta get this in because 'cause I'm gonna be I'm gonna be elk hunting vacation for ten days. <laughs> yeah. And uh I was I was uh half tempted to to see if we can reschedule this because I figured I'd be sitting in a stand with late in the night, but you know, conditions just weren't right, wind wasn't right, so I was like, all right, it'll work out. <laughs> 
Dude, that's exactly how I was. I was like, I got to get this podcast with you done. And I was like, but I'm hunting. And I was like, we'll play it by ear. But I'm glad it worked out. And I'm glad we were able to get you on. And this was a great intro episode. Um, You know, I always tell the listeners, if they have any specific questions, they can always hit you up or hit us up. And we can always do a segment where we deep dive into more specifics. But, um, you know, this was definitely a good, good way to everyone to kind of get to know you and 605 Outdoors and you know, as we continue to see their your content, everyone will have a little backstory now. Yeah, as we're speaking, I just got a, a notification from my show camera, and I just opened it, and I got uh, the the target four by four and the five by five pictures of them. Oh, and it's what what time is it your way? Let's see, it's uh, nine o'clock my time. So you guys are like, it's just getting dark there. It's like six. Uh, it's, it's seven, oh, and it's... Uh, it got dark dark about 30 minutes ago. Oh, man, they coming out right at dark. Oh, yeah. They know. <laughs> so, Brandon, we'll wrap up here. Um, every episode, especially these intro episodes, I like to kind of do a, a takeaway um, of the episode, which is pretty much just you leaving with our listeners with, with some advice or, or how you're consistently successful. But um, as far as a takeaway, what would you uh, like to share with the listeners of, of maybe something you do to be consistent? consistently successful you know i you really just have to you're gonna have to just give up on a couple things that you say like if you want to consistently hunt you're gonna have to look at do i want to go do that or do i want to go out and try to find something and i've noticed that me giving up say oh it's a nice day i could go ride my motorcycle or hey it's a nice day i could go look for a deer real quick is kind of where i've found that it's helped me a lot instead of going and riding motorcycles with my friends. I can go look for a deer to get content and grow what I want to do. No, that's that, you know, no one's actually said that. And, you know, you couldn't have said it it'd be any truer. I, I tell people that all the time and people just don't realize how much you have to sacrifice to, to do things. Some people do obviously, but um, you know, when, when you get into the industry, it's, it's a lot more than, um, hey, I'm a good hunter or hey, I consistently kill big animals, um, you know, sponsor me or pay me to hunt. It's it's literally about sacrifice and you know, it's it's a Sunday night right now. We're doing a podcast. Um, you know, we both have families, we both work, you know, full time jobs and we're just trying to make what we can happen with the opportunities we're given and it's one of those things where there that there's a lot of sacrifice and um, you know, if you can, if you want to be consistent and you want to be successful, you got, you got to sacrifice a little bit. And I'm not telling people to go out and cut ties with your family or anything, but sometimes yeah. it's one of those things where it's, it's a hard balancing act and don't get flustered if it don't happen. Cause you know, there's people out there every day that aren't making it happen, you know? So you kind of got to yeah, just capitalize on those opportunities. And that's kind of the main reason why I, I killed my deer opening morning is because instead of playing around all summer, you know, going to the lake and having fun, I mean, I still had fun looking at deer all day, obviously. I could sit there and look for deer all day. But instead of going out and partying and drinking and having fun with my friends, I was out looking for deer, finding out what they do, when they do it, where they're at. And that's kind of what helped me kill my deer opening morning, you know. Yeah, man, best drug there is right there, man. It's that 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 hunting addiction. 
So, Brayden, where can uh, – we'll wrap this episode up. Love to have you back on. Um, we can definitely deep dive into more specifics. I know you have a wide range of game that you guys hunt, and um, obviously I'll keep tabs on you on the socials. But um, for the listeners, where can everyone reach you at or get in touch with you if they need to? Um, you can go on TikTok, 605 Outdoors, 605 period outdoors, and then same with Instagram, and then uh, – if you message me on Instagram and want to talk a little more, I'll just send you my number or any other thing that you can contact me on through that. Awesome, man. And I'll definitely put that stuff in the show notes so they can they can reach out to you. And dude, I just say keep keep going, man. Keep doing what you guys are doing. It looks good. I like it. Um, I know that's just my opinion and there's a million other opinions, but I personally like it and you know, was really excited to to get you on and uh talk a little bit more and, and this will definitely be the beginning of many more, but um, you know, I, after a, almost a year, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get one of these guys on here and, and we gotta talk a little bit. I gotta see what's really happening in, in South Dakota. Yeah, it's, it's happening slowly, <laughs> but it's gonna happen. No, it's doing good, man. But I appreciate you jumping on, brother, and uh, you guys are listening to White Tail Theories Podcast.